Strava Craft Coffee, guys, is offering 30% off because of National Coffee Day, which was this week. They're celebrating all week. Uh, you can get 30% off Strava Craft Coffee with the code DNVR30. Of course, Strava Craft Coffee, packed with CBD. It can help cure long-term migraines, IBS, arthritis, a lot of other aches and pains that you might be dealing with. You can also get 20% off a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. If you are a diehard Strava Craft Coffee enthusiast and want to get it delivered to you multiple times a month, you can use code DMVR20 online at StravaCraftCoffee.com to get 20% off a Strava Craft Coffee subscription as well. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DNBR Nuggets podcast, Friday edition. Boy, it feels good to be Friday, doesn't it, fellas? It's Friday, just whole Friday vibes here. Anybody got good uh, plans for the weekend now that we're finally made it to Friday? I actually do. I'm heading up to the cabin for the weekend. I'm getting away. There you go. A little retreat, a little mountain retreat. Can't wait for it. Is Vo, Vo, are you in the chat? He's not, is he? I knew he was quiet. What, I think what? I'm still with you. Oh, there you are. You're just not very excited. Can you about hear me? Weekend. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear us? He cannot hear us. Vote? That is a negative. Well, I guess we're just going to have to start without him while he tries to figure it out. Yeah. Are you there, Vote? I think so. Ron Burgundy? Yeah. Okay, we can hear you now. We can hear you. Well, we'll just we'll find out here as we get going. So we are wrapping up today our big questions facing the Nuggets, framing the offseason, framing the state of the Nuggets, um, and just kind of walking through these questions, which we all determined were core questions to uh, to what where the Nuggets are at. Um, and this really moves in more into the offseason and sort of the moves, the roster building of the Denver Nuggets um, today. There's there's that theme of it, and I think that. We've all agreed that free agency, while not necessarily likely for the Nuggets, it is one avenue for the Nuggets um, for them to kind of add to this roster. I'll start with you, Harrison. Is there a free agent that you have sort of eyed that you think, ooh, the Nuggets could get him? It's realistic, but also, you know, that's the guy that uh, that you'd really like. I've got a couple that don't seem realistic who would be great, and uh, a couple that maybe are a little more realistic. Um, and, and we've talked about this guy, but Serge Ibaka seems like he'd be yeah. such a good fit here. Yeah. Um, he could play four and five. He could come off the bench. He could start if he wants to go that route. Uh, he could play with Yoke. He could play without Yoke. He'd be great. I, I think he might be a little out of their price range, though. What about this name? This is a guy who's still playing in the finals, and the fact that he's still playing – is probably going to up his price, maybe out of Denver's range. I think Jay Crowder would be an awesome fit with the Nuggets. He'd bring toughness. He could kind of play the Torrey Craig role, maybe a bit of an expanded Torrey Craig role, more minutes than Torrey played this year. Um, His three-point shooting up and down, but he can get hot. I'm just a big Jay Crowder guy. So I think Jay Crowder would 100% replace Torrey Craig and become the guy that Malone plays way too much and especially <laughs> over Michael Porter. So I think it's not that I don't think he's a good player. To me, that is just such a like perfect, uh, <laughs> perfect like face palm for me. What do you think vote? Uh, yeah. So I have two names that I think are neither gettable, nor do I know where they play them. So that should help. 
Perfect. Um, Let's do it. Uh, the first I literally know they can't get, so sorry, Davis Bertons. Um, yeah, just yeah, got to yeah. say his name, get it out of the way. Yeah, the second way. is a Harrison Wynn special, Joe Harris. Man, all righty. Uh, don't know how much it costs. Don't know where you play him, but everyone wants shooters on this Denver Nuggets team. Uh, say no more. Give me Mr. Joe Harris. I love that one. He was on my list, as was Ibaka. I mean, I think all of Nuggets Nation is, like, coveting, you know, the uh, Ibaka in one way or another. But Joe Harris, to me, like, look, you know, we do this all the time, especially on the offensive. We put together way more offensive-only lineups than we do defense. Like, nobody's ever, like, can you imagine P.J. Dozier and Torrey Craig and Mason Plum? Like, you never do that because you're, like, make your eyes bleed. But we do this with offense. Doesn't We don't care if they can defend or not. But if you have lineups that include Michael Porter, Jokic, Murray, Joe Harris, and, you know, maybe a Barton or Grant, just some some combo there, you start looking at those lineups and you go, man, they might score 130 points per 100 possession. They might – you play them for five minutes, they might score 25 points. Joe Harris, man, the Nuggets have some good shooters and have had some over the years, but, man, that would be a Malik Beasley-esque shooter with fewer mistakes, just more of a guy that just does his job. I, I, I love that one. It's your guy, Harrison. How did you not come up? How did Brendan vote beat you to your guy? I'm saying. This is well, embarrassing. I, I, I figure he'd be out of out of the Nuggets price race. I don't know that he I, is. I've actually heard really? his name mentioned by a few people. It's kind of weird that he might fit into the MLE and, and you know, that might yeah. be a, a direction they go. I mean, that'd be awesome. <laughs> just – like coming around screens, coming off of dribble handoffs, kind of with how the Heat used Duncan Robinson. Like Duncan, Ro- watching Duncan Robinson play basketball is is so like fun. Oh hell like, yeah! He, he's almost playing like completely different game than anybody yeah. else. Just like <laughs> running off these little dribble handoffs, like shooting it with no airspace between him and the defender. He's playing yeah. like such a different game. Um, if they can't get Joe Harris, I mean, there are other shooters out there. Like, you could go get a Kyle Korver for, for pretty cheap, I think, and it's like a, a poor man's Joe Harris. You could go get a Wesley Matthews, I think. Yeah. Uh, just uh, elite shooters that don't have, like, maybe the mobility or, or, or the total upside that a Joe Harris does. But a knockdown shooter would be would be a joy. Knockdown shooters are always a joy. Um, another thing the Nuggets need is – the front court, like they don't have a backup center at the moment. I mean, Bull Bull, probably not a center. You need to put some bulk on him. One guy that I'm kind of curious, and he's another one that's probably out of the price range, but a Tristan Thompson. I'd be very curious what, what he would look like. I mean, he's a physical guy. We just talked about in the first episode of, the, of this three-part series, we talked about how the Lakers are the team everybody's going to be chasing in the West. Mm-hmm. I think you have to start thinking, when you plan your offseason, you have to start thinking about, how does this player help you beat the Lakers? I mean, the Nuggets are in that point now. You can't sacrifice everything because then you become vulnerable to other teams. But the Nuggets going up against the the Lakers with Jeremy Grant having to play a lot of power forward minutes to me is that's just not a, that's not going to work. I don't, I don't think that's the the answer. You got to be able to match size. So Tristan Thompson, if he's somehow in the, in the price range, I would love him because I think he fits next to Jokic. I think he fits next to Grant as a backup center. I think he might even fit next to Bull Bull as a guy that can be the inside guy to Bull Bull's outside guy on offense, and then they just have that that physicality. So he's one guy I look at as well as Serge Ibaka. What do you guys think about him? I like it. Um, I've I've always been a big Tristan Thompson fan. Just he, He's such a good rebounder, which Denver obviously values, and, and that's something if you look – at what happened in the playoffs 
Nuggets didn't rebound up to their standards. You know, they, they didn't rebound like they have throughout the regular season. So um, I think he'd be really good. Is, He's an incredible offensive rebounder. Like he yeah. brings that. Yes. To me, Tristan Thompson is like, he doesn't pass like Mason Plumley, so there's not that. But offensively, he's just a better Plumley. Like he's not going to take up as many post-up position uh, possessions. He's going to rebound at the exact same level. And then defensively, what does Michael Malone like about Mason Plumley? So athletic, he can jump out on things. Well, Tristan Thompson is a way better version of that. He actually can move his feet on the perimeter, or at least he could at his best. Um, I think he, he's a guy that if he got switched out onto a guard, you wouldn't feel hopeless. And and that's mm-hmm. part of why I think he's so valuable. Vote, you is, something. is Derek Favors just cooked? He's uh, he's just a traditional big. He would be your backup center. I don't think he yeah. is what Utah used him as, which was a power forward alongside right. another center. I just that that strategy you could get away with it in the regular season the same way you could get away with Mason Plumley and Jokic together in the regular season. But I think Derek Favors, if he were to join Denver as a free agent, I think that would be more as a strict backup center, fifteen minute per game guy, fifteen to twenty yeah. minute per game guy. Yeah. Vote I think nothing? if you're looking at that Lakers matchup, Tristan Thompson makes a lot of sense because the second, yeah. the rebounding was a legitimate thing you could point to that cost them some of those swing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How much is Evan Fournier? Oh, he's going to take that player option. Never mind. Uh, I think I'm out, guys. Yeah, Danilo Gallinari is another one that I think is kind of interesting. I love Gallo, but I don't know that the Nuggets need that he he would be another guy that you have Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., Danilo Gallinari, maybe even Bull Bull. But now all of a sudden you have a bunch of six ten wings, and we talk about the Nuggets getting longer and longer. We're gonna at the last part of this, this. There's a question about Bull Bull, and I think there's an interesting conversation that we will have about the Nuggets playing zone. Once you start getting mm. to you add a Gallo, great three point shooter, rebounders, team team player. Michael Porter, Jeremy Grant, you start adding all these tall guys who can play on the perimeter and it just starts to add up and, you know, it'd have to be the right price point, but maybe he's another guy that you could look at that, that you kind of like there. Um, and then the last guy and this dropping on a Friday, we're recording it on a Wednesday, Marcus saw there was a rumor that maybe he was going to Europe to finish out his career in, in Europe. Um, if he's at that stage, first of all, that report's not true, which it, it didn't seem like any of the reputable sources had, were retweeting that and sharing that. So we'll see if in the coming days that becomes a true story. But if he is available and if he is in that twilight of his career, um, that might be, you know, I'd be ready for that. Um, I'd, I, him coming in here to kind of take Jokic to the next level defensively and be that sort of locker room leader and, and Jokic leader, um, that to me would be a, a near ideal scenario. Jokic with Marcus all behind him, I think reaches his potential defensively. Just I'm just thinking about the the locker room chemistry of of a Jokic Gasol locker room. Yeah. It's it, it it would be bliss. It would be amazing. Like there'd be so much joy within the Nuggets locker room with those two. So much joy. And I'm telling you, man, like Marcus all, I would always I wish that Tim Duncan was not the uh, an assistant coach now with the 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 Spurs because the Spurs. yeah because I wish that we could get a Tim Duncan over the summer doing the Hakeem treatment with Jokic like working on him with post moves working on him with like positional defense and stuff I just I I wish the Nuggets had that guy because there's very few players capable of being the type of player Jokic is Tim Duncan and Marcus All that's two examples of guys that that get it in the way that Jokic gets it and I would just love mm-hmm. to have them be the wise old mentor yeah 
That'd be uh, great. I don't know if there's anybody else. Kelly Olenek, but he's got a player option. Maybe he ends up taking it. I've, I've seen a lot of people throw him out. He's one of those players that's probably too good for the role Denver would have for him. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I'd be, love to add him, but I don't know if the Nuggets need that. We talk, If he had to pick between Bogdanovich and Joe Harris, I think we'd probably all take Joe Harris. But I don't know, Bogdanovich, the Serbian connection, maybe it makes Jokic happy. ACP. Yeah, I mean, more uh, more Serbians, more Europeans, the better. That's a that's a yeah. that's a rule we live by. KCP might not be a culture fit for Denver. That's my way of saying he might be a little bit of a maniac. I guess. Um, Aaron Baines is another name I've heard thrown out. I don't. Aaron Baines doesn't move the needle for me. Like as much as I love Aaron Baines, imagine him having the uh, Anthony Davis backup matchup minutes. Like I just feel cooked there. I don't feel like that goes well. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of tough throwing out a lot of these backup centers yeah. and thinking positively about a potential Anthony Davis matchup. Like Nerlens Noel, yes, he'd be an okay backup center, but I don't want him playing against Anthony Davis. I wonder what happens with Marvin Bagley. I mean, he's had a cursed start to his season that if you're the Kings, I just wonder, like, how much do you commit to him now going forward? And is there a way to, like, take a flyer? I don't think the Nuggets are in position to take a flyer on a guy that's going to miss a whole season. But I like Bagley. I think he's a good player who's had a cursed start to his career. And Denver's MO has been to take flyers on those types of guys um, and get value for them. Not in position to do that, I don't think, right now. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, let's take our first break here, Harrison. On the other side, though, so we just talked about free agents. I don't think that Denver will – all these guys we threw out, pretty unlikely most of them, or if not all of them, but in the trade market, maybe there's something there. So let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the trade market. If you guys are looking to pick up some Breck Brew this weekend, check out the Palisade Peach. It's maybe my favorite from Breck Brew. We have them stocked in the office, and – they're dangerous. Let me tell you, the Palisade Peach is a dangerous Breck brew because it goes down super easy. You can drink a lot of them. If you haven't tried it, hop on the Breck Brew Beer Locator or go to your nearest liquor store, pick up some Palisade Peach and Breck Brew. You won't regret it. Also, week three of football is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week four, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. They are giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? If football's not for you, of course, they've got tons of prop bets on the NBA Finals. We've got the MLB postseason uh, going on, if you haven't heard, um, right now as well. And DraftKings is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting over you know the next several months and potentially for the... Uh, forever download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get this can't miss offer pick any team during week four bet one dollar on them and win one hundred dollars if they win that's one dollar to win one hundred dollars when you use promo code dnvr during sign up for a limited time must be 21 or older colorado only profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right, let's get back into this list of questions here. The next one, what attainable player? So this has to be like somewhat realistic. What somewhat realistic player would you most like to trade for? 
vote. What's your list looking like here? Yeah, I got two. Um, Evan Turner, or I'm sorry, Miles Turner, excuse me. Who, um, <laughs> I was like, I was Evan Turner. I was seeing you writing this on the dock, and I was like, man, Evan Turner, I can't wait for this sale. Dude, <laughs> and that whole break, I was like, make sure you say Miles and not Evan. Uh, yeah, so Miles <laughs> Turner, um, I guess if you're looking at a guy that could maybe play with Yoke some, could back Yoke up, could maybe you feel a little more comfortable about that matchup if Yoke's in foul trouble. And then the other guy. I, let me ask, stop you there. Miles Turner is way too good to be a backup. So yeah. to me, that means he plays alongside Jokic and he can shoot a little bit. Like he's, you know, it gives Denver an interesting two twin tower dynamic. I don't know if I love it, but does that mean Michael Porter's your two? Are, are we just fully leaning into giant ball? Yeah. So at that point, I think you would be mm. um, with Grain at the three and then maybe you're bringing bowl and off the bench at the three and the four <laughs> Let's uh, do it. and the two. Let's get crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that would be the tall ball. I mean, this isn't really my top option. It's just like, if you're looking at names that are talented, that are on the move, that aren't stars, I mean, he, right, eventually yeah, tough, he slots in. The other name, there's been a lot of dialogue about uh, about trying to get someone who's tough in here, trying to won't let you punk them. Um, what yeah. about Marcus Smart? I don't know what that I deal don't even is. Think you can, I can't even take you serious when you say it like uh, that. But Smart, <laughs> what a fucking player, man. Um, <laughs> That's a guy who I think maybe you like if he is your starting shooting guard, you're feeling good about that perimeter D in place of Gary, maybe a tiny bit more reliable than Gary on offense, though you don't want him taking like 22 shots in elimination games. But yeah. perhaps that's a guy that sort of boosts the the locker room um, culture and sort of mental toughness up a little bit. What do you think, Wind? Yeah, I've been seeing the, uh, the Miles Turner banter on Twitter as well. And it's heating yeah, up. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. If like, I feel like they have their front court in Jeremy Grant and uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, mm. I, I just don't see Miles Turner like coming here and being a starter, and he's obviously not at the stage of his career to be a backup. Um, right. I'm not a fan of the Victor Oladipo rumors either. I, I've been seeing those as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a guy like Drew Holiday is just such a better fit. Um, from a defensive standpoint, from a guy playing off the ball, from a guy who complements Jokic and Murray better, I, I think Drew Holiday is the guy there. Um, I'll, I'll throw a name into the hat here. Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be a free agent, I believe, not this offseason, mm. but next offseason. If the Brooklyn Nets wanted to uh, you know, get somebody on the wing – in the form of a Will Barton or a Gary Harris, who's going to be under contract, probably not Gary Harris, he's probably making too much money for the Nets. But, you know, maybe they wanted to get a guy on the wing and like a Will Barton who, who's under contract for the next couple of years who can be a complimentary guy. Maybe uh, they look to flip Dinwiddie. I think he'd be great in Denver. You personally, I know why you would love this, though. You get a CU connection on the Denver Nuggets. I mean – that's your secret motivation, isn't it, Wynn? <laughs> I mean, I'd be lying if it's if I said it didn't have anything to do with it. But <laughs> I think Dinwiddie's just you know one of the more underrated ball handlers out there. So uh, I'm, I'm a fan. He is good, and I do think it would be something cool to have a little bit of a hometown connection on this Denver team, one way or another. That's like one of the things that's missing from this team. I would love it if they had a had one of those guys part of the appeal of a Chauncey was that very thing um, when he was here in 2009. 
you guys, the guys I'm going to talk about are all known entities that I've been talking about for a while. But I'm going to start with Chris Paul because he's another interesting one. Now, I don't think Denver would do this because this would be under the uh, drastic change banner. And I don't think the Nuggets are looking to make a drastic change. Although I also don't know if the Oklahoma City Thunder are looking to spend a lot of money, which is exactly what he provides. If you could somehow acquire Chris Paul without losing one of your core four, of course, and without losing too much of your future assets, including like a bull bull, you know, I don't know what, what Oklahoma City's motivation is right now or where they go, but maybe they are more intrigued with Gary Harris than Denver is right now. Maybe they are looking at you know, some of the draft picks or guys on the, the Montes and the PJ Dozers and those guys and, and kind of like them. Chris Paul, to me, would represent such a fascinating addition to the Denver Nuggets roster because when we talk about trying to integrate Michael Porter Jr. into the lineup. I think a guy like Chris Paul would get them. He would be a guy that you can have the Jokic-Murray offense stay as it is and have Chris Paul run the rest of the offense, which I think would really, really help out, run the second unit. Um, and he's also just a guy that has fits into a window that fits financially for Denver in terms of he's got two more years at this massive price. Denver would have to go into the tax for it, but then he comes off at the exact time that a Michael Porter would, would come on. So he's one guy. We talked about this a lot several months ago. Does it seem a lot less realistic now vote? Yes. Uh, because I don't, he was so good that I don't know if you, if you get this deal without a core four member, right? I mean, like, maybe, maybe. What, what do you look like? Is it Bull and Gary? And like, how do you get up to like, what are you looking at for this deal? I think it probably that, maybe like a Monte, just they need guys, right? Like, they're a team that has a few young players and maybe they're just looking for a complete and total rebuild. And then the other thing is, you know, Presti has been. He's actually been one of those teams who's made – or one of those GMs that's made a lot of moves that nobody saw coming. So right now we're looking at that team of, oh, it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander and, and, you know, Steven Adams and who else are the core pieces, you know, Dort, whatever. But we might get into a, a, a moment where all of a sudden it's Oladipo and uh, you know, it just might end up looking drastically different after the first week of free agency or, what, or trades or whatever. And you look at it and you go, oh, man, they are just a – Monte Gary away, you know, like, or, or, or something like that, where it's like, okay, now you're filling in those guys. So uh, I don't know, but I'm, I'm with you that I think it's probably unrealistic at this point. Drew Holiday. It, it, it go was going to be, I think it would have been way more realistic if they had lost in the first round to Utah. Right. Like yeah, if they for sure. the first round, you, Denver probably looks at itself and is like, all right, we, we need to drastically change up what we're doing. Like th- this, we, we fell way short of expectations. We need to switch things up. But getting to the conference finals, it's more of a feeling of, oh, we're right there. We just need some tweaks. Let's assume that you have your core four plus Chris Paul and the rest of the roster is looking thin because you had to trade away so much of it. If you got to that point, where would Denver rank amongst the best teams in the NBA? Would people be talking about them as actual favorites, or do you think they'd still sort of be like punching upwards? I think they're always going to be a cut below the actual tier one <laughs> favorites. Yeah. Always. Yeah, they will be. But I mean, if you have Chris Paul and the core four, I think that's the championship favorite. 
Atlanta. He's an incredible five. He's so good. Chris Paul, I want to see him on an actual great team because I just feel like none of the teams – the only team that you could say was great that he had was that Houston team, and they lost to the Warriors, and everyone considered it a failure. The Kevin Durant version of the Warriors, and people were like, this team will never win, and I just Mm -hmm. don't know if that's true. Drew Holiday, of course. like I was That's the big one. I'm more on the Drew Holiday bandwagon than I've ever been before because especially watching how this playoffs – you know played out drew holiday is him and marcus smart are the two smaller wing players or guard players that actually can guard lebron james and Kawhi leonard and those types like we talk about gary harris being too small drew holiday is maybe the best perimeter defender in the nba and he plays above his size he's just so strong his arms are so long um and offensively one of the things that's not talked about enough is that Drew Holland? Is that the Nuggets need guys that can beat people off the dribble, just quickness? And he reminds me of a Moutier in that way, and that he has a great first step and the strength to once he gets you on his hip, you can't catch up to him because he's too strong. He holds you off. So I think Drew Holiday. I'm all in. The only thing I'm not all in about Drew Holiday: two things. One, the price, and uh, two, just the future. You wouldn't bring him in just for the one year. He has one year plus a player option, so it could be two years, but more than likely he takes one year and then becomes a free agent, opts out of that. You have no assurances. But even if you do have an assurance, Jokic on a max, Murray on a max, you put Drew Holiday on a big deal, that means you're probably going to lose Michael Porter or Bull Bull you know, or one of those guys or something afterwards. And so Drew Holiday to me seems much more like a this is a one-year shot for this team and then you reevaluate where you go. And I just don't like that. It, it might be the right move, but it's tough for me to stomach that. I mean, yeah. I mean, could he be the Nuggets Iguodala where they bring him in and then, you know, he gives you a little hometown discount? No, I don't, I don't think so because he's, he, he has one more big contract in him. Yep. If, yeah, it was, so. if he was instead of 29, he was 31, then I would say, yeah, you know, 32 years old, take that one more medium-sized deal and go, but – no, he he can get a really big deal, I think, one year from now. Yeah, I agree. If you can add him, though, without touching the core four, I think you have a really legitimate champ, uh, chance at winning a championship. I really do. So it's the sort of like punch it into the end zone move, roll the dice a little bit. But even then, you can still – you've still given yourself that out of like, thanks for the great year, we're going to stick with MPJ, go get your money. Right. And that's not really disastrous. So Drew's Drew's the obvious name. Drew and Beal, I mean, we've talked about them all year, so I kind of wanted to try to overthink this a little bit. But I think we can probably take both Evan and Miles Turner off the list. Okay. <laughs> I'm out on Beal, by the way. I'm out on really? Beal. I yeah. kind of am as well. They would be I, so fun. That would be like the most fun yeah. version of the Nuggets. They would be, but just like with what Jamal did in these playoffs, I feel like they'd overlap mm. a lot. I do too. I agree. Good Last problem. one, you guys know this is actually my number one. We don't have to talk about it too much. I'm still all in on Lonzo Ball. The only reason I maybe hedge it a little bit is I actually think PJ Dozier has some Lonzo Ball in his game. And if you mm. stuck and if you stuck with a Dozier, maybe Lonzo and him wouldn't work together because neither one of them are necessarily great floor spacers. Lonzo can shoot, but he's not a floor spacer. But you know, maybe PJ Dozier is a part of that trade. He's part of what gets it done. So I still think him and Jokic on the same team. I'll take it. I want to see it. I want to see what that looks like. Um, all right, let's take a, another break here. And then when we come back, we're going to wrap up this series with our final two questions. 
including talking about Denver's front court, Plumlee and Millsap. Are they part of this team going forward? And then, of course, the most fun one. What better way to send you off into your weekend than talking about Bowl? But first. Yeah, we got to talk about Chevalier Mortgage, guys. Call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit www.dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, they're also proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a very long time as DNVR members. So they're one of us, and they are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or a hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's Chevalier Mortgage. And we are all set. We are all set. All right, back here, final segment here in our countdown of these uh, big, big questions facing the Denver Nuggets. We got two more left, guys. We'll go through one short one, one big one. But Mason Plumley, Paul Millsap, bit of big fixtures for the Nuggets this summer. What are the chances they come back? And does Denver need them to come back? Or is, would it, them coming back sort of be like a second or third option for the Nuggets front court? Um, I'll start with you, Wind. What do you, what do you think? It's tough, man. Uh, if I had to like throw a prediction out there, I'd say one of them, one of them is back. The other one isn't. I don't know which one it's going to be though. I mean, maybe it's more likely Millsap is back than Plumley, but um, maybe there's a scenario where both of them are back. I kind of came into or or my thinking approaching this off season was going to be that there's less player movement than normal, just kind of with the the weird off season, the weird timing, the pandemic, but. I mean, who really knows? Um, I think if Paul Millsap is willing to come back on a cheap deal to be a backup, Nuggets would love to have him back. I mean, I don't think they're going to push Paul Millsap away. I I think they would love to have him here, love to have him be a part of the rotation. They would love to have him retire a Denver Nugget. Um, With Plumlee, I mean, he's got to look at this and be thinking, like, I could be playing – 25 minutes a game somewhere potentially starting and you know I'm at the point of my career where I'm trying to get uh as much money as possible in the open market and I don't think Denver can really give that to him so if there's a more optimal situation out there for Plumlee I think he might jump at that um I'd say Paul's probably more likely to return if I had to guess yeah seems right yeah, I think uh, Paul's more likely to return. I also think he's the only one. I also think he's the one you really sort of hope returns. Um, I think Plumlee is what they needed him to be for the better part of, of those regular seasons that he was in town. Yeah. Um, but I think it's two postseasons in a row where you've looked at him as almost unplayable. And, you know, it, he's a guy that might get more money than you need to pay him. Um, you already have overpaid him. As far as Millsap goes, this is the guy – 
that might take that hometown discount, that might still look at this group as the one that gets him over the top. He's gotten paid. Denver's the one that paid him and in good faith. And then, yeah, maybe yeah. it is – maybe he's not option one for backup center minutes, but you have that You have that option. You can go small sometimes. I mean, it's not always let's get our seven-footer out there and match up with their size. Maybe you look at it as if we go with a smaller lineup. They have to make some substitutions and make some changes. And then just having him around, just a continuation of what he's been able to provide as a leader, which is not stuff we can really see or speak too much directly, but has it's clearly bearing fruit as this team has improved in terms of defense and poise with each of his, his seasons with the team. I think you said it best, but just saying that it's both of them are probably at the point where Denver would welcome them very, very much open arms if they were the cheapest possible price point. And for Plumlee, right. that's like literally just, you know, a, a very low priced backup center. Millsap's interesting because I do wonder if a Miami or a Golden State would make an offer and if he'd be interested in that. I think with a guy that has kids, it, to me, I always think about this, like, are you content with the amount of money that you made enough that, you know, an extra six million at the very end of your career is not enough to make you move your family one last time or to live separate right. from your family for an extra year or two or something like that. Like for me, if it's hard for me to know what his perspective is, but mine had I made over a hundred million dollars in my career and I was like, okay, well my kids don't have to change elementary school again or middle school again. Yeah. I'll just stay here and finish out what I started. That'd be very attractive to me. And I think Paul Millsap as a backup, power forward slash center could have a very useful role. I would also worry though, we're talking about setting a situation where Michael Porter plays a lot of minutes. I'd be very worried if Millsap came back, if Malone didn't know that he had a lineup that he loved so much last the previous season available to him once again. So you start Porter, he makes a bunch of mistakes in the first quarter and you go right back to Paul Millsap to move Jeremy Grant to the three. And you just feel like, okay, now I have guys that don't make mistakes. I'd be very worried about that. If, if Against if, the Cavs in November. Exactly. Where it's like, <laughs> Hey man, I think we should probably let Michael Porter play through these mistakes so he can learn or, but you know, Millsap to me would be a guy that, it's always weird too when a guy is a key piece of your team and then has to go to a, a completely change roles. I don't know how many great examples we have of that, of a guy that was like the highest paid player, then went to being a starter and an impact player to like, oh yeah, we don't think of you that way anymore. Even though you're still on the same team, your locker's in the exact same spot, you know, everything else is the exact same. But now just know that your role went from Paul Millsap to the backup power forward that just fits in and blends in that's always a little concerning for me. So I don't know. I, I do just think when talking about Millsap though, I think he's got a little more left in the tank than he probably showed in these playoffs. I agree. I, I think it was a couple tough matchups for him. The jazz series was a tough matchup for him. Same with the Lakers. And he obviously looked better in that Clippers series than he did in against either the jazz or the Lakers. I thought, so I, I think he's got more left than we probably like, are thinking in our mind right now just off of that playoff run i would not count on him in the playoffs because i think there's too many teams that have dynamic stretch fours and yeah. i just don't know so yeah. for me it really would be as that backup big who probably saves you in you know he saves you in a in a playoff series because he played 12 minutes and they were great 12 minutes but not he saves you because he came in and shut down anthony davis or anything like that and it's just mm -hmm. hard. It's hard moving psychologically into that zone, but um, I can see it happening. One other thing that's happening this summer is there's a lot of bigs on the market, and somebody's going to get had be had for cheap. 
I mean, there's there's an argument to be made. Andre Drummond is out there. You know, DeMarcus Cousins could try to stage a comeback. Like, there's a lot of big names, bigs, and there's nobody that wants a big right now. So a guy like Plumlee might end up having to sign for a one or two year, super, yeah. super low, low contract. But let's get to the real most fun question. Maybe not the most important question, but the most fun question. And that is Bowl Bowl. So we've got to see him in the bubble. Here's what I love. Michael Porter, you look at the advanced stats, he looks great. You look at the shooting numbers, he looks great. And you look at the raw plus minus and stuff, and you're just like, yeah, this guy's awesome when he's on the court. Bull Bull has this too. He's averaging like 25 and 15 and 7 blocks over 36 minutes. (laughs) His numbers per 36 are insane, and he actually looks like a bit of a player. But he is a rookie. Taking all of that context, also the context of we just went through this with Michael Porter. Maybe Michael Malone learned a thing or two that he can now apply to that. Maybe not. What's a realistic expectation? I'm going to start with you, Vote. What's a realistic expectation that Nuggets fans should have for Bowl Bowl next year? Just an MPJ approximate, right? Just the same. Okay. The same. Uh, can he be a guy that that is unleashed in January? He's rolling. He's beating some bad teams our minds wander. Uh, we get to the postseason and that tightens up a lot. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Bull makes a mistake. He's out of here. Yeah. But as far as where he plays and how he plays, I'm with you, Adam. You, you've been in my ear on this. Don't think Bull is a center, at least on this right. team. Um, <laughs> he might be a small forward. <laughs> he might. Yeah. Is, are you getting crazy with tall balls? He's your backup three, backup four, or more to the point. You're not really assigning a number Correct. to him. That's you're, actually you're looking at, at who's on the court and, and what does his presence do? Um, he's, he's that wild card, right? I don't know if you can count on him, uh, or know what to expect from him, but we will be talking about him throughout the season. When just comparing him to MPJ and what MPJ did this season, I think bold's going to have a little less of just an overall impact, just like going through the regular season. I think he'll play like probably less minutes than MPJ did this year. Um, that's just kind of my, my read on it, but he should play. Look, uh, this is going to be a tough message, uh, I think, to get through to to any head coach, especially Michael Malone, who just wants to go out there and win every single regular season game. Every game is so important to him. But, like, comparing what's going to be the tone of this team next regular season to what it was this year and the year before, the regular season um, – this coming year is going to be all about like getting Michael Porter Jr. integrated and making him a central part of this team. Outside of that, like why not experiment, man? Why not see what you have in bowl bowl? That's what this regular season should be about. Um, it, it, like I said, it's going to be tough drilling that home um, to, to certain people in the organization, but you should really try to see what this, this kid's got this coming regular season at least in my opinion. I'm kind of optimistic about him. I've told you everything I've heard coming out of the team is that he's actually an incredibly high IQ player. He picks things up. This is opposite of Michael Porter. I think part of what happened with Michael Porter was he just didn't grasp the things. It wasn't that he was just out of position. It's that a lot of times he wasn't. He didn't know what he was supposed to be doing. It wasn't that he was late reading this or that. I think Bull is going to be different in that I'm optimistic that he knows where he's supposed to be on the court quicker than Michael Porter. Um, I also am optimistic that Michael Malone looks at the season and goes, you know what, having your best players come along throughout the regular season, there's other ways to maybe discipline them throughout the regular season so that they're 
forced into learning the right lessons that don't just involve never playing them. So maybe there's a little bit of that with Bol Bol. But here's the big kicker, guys. He's really young. He's 20. And he was in college. This is what I mean about the numbers. He was a 20 and 10 guy in like 20-something minutes in college. His one, it, I know it was only nine games. Shot 50% from the field. That matters. Every time we've seen him on the court, he produces. Raw numbers. I'm not saying he produces like the advanced stats or this or that, but it's very rare for him to play 10 minutes in any game, whether it's G League or the NBA, and not put up numbers, not put up 10 points and, and five rebounds and a couple blocks. Like he puts up numbers and he can be productive. So now it's a matter of can you make that production match impact? And I think over the course of a season, the Nuggets should have the opportunity to actually work him into that. It might be slow, it might not happen on night one where he's this big piece of it. But I do think to your point, as the season rolls on, I wouldn't be surprised if he became a 10 or 15 minute per game guy. And even if you go into a playoffs and he's only a quote unquote 10 or 15 minute per game guy, you're just talking about a very dynamic option. Like if he replaces Torrey Cray, he's only playing a little bit of minutes here or there, but he's capable of knocking down four threes, three threes in a row, blocking four shots just because he's such a, an oddball. I mean, we've all played the pickup basketball game or game in your rec center league where you know, there's one guy on the team that's like 6'6", 300 pounds, and he's not any good. But then they have another guy who's like 6'6", who's really good. And then they have another guy who's like 6'5", and a shooter. And you start matching up, and you're like, okay, our best big has to guard the talented one, and our second best big has to guard the shooter. But now it's we have a little tiny guy on the 6'6", guy who sucks, but he's enormous, and, like, he can't do it. And that's the thing Bol Bol presents to you. Your best big's going to guard Jokic. You need a tall player to guard Grant and a tall player to guard Porter. Well, now you might have a Bol Bol out there where like, okay, C.J. McCollum's on Bol Bol? Hold on a second. Bol yeah, Bol's, that's not going to work. Bol Bol's going to be in the corner <laughs> just lighting up three-pointers that wide open the entire night. So there's a cumulative effect. And it brings me to what I think is the most interesting question with regards to Bol Bol and might be the most interesting question with the Nuggets. Offensively, we think they can be incredible, especially adding Porter in and maybe even Bull Bull into the mix. Defensively, it's a huge question. Miami Heat perfected a zone. They perfected it. They, have, they run a zone better maybe than any team I've ever seen run it, and it doesn't require a ton of space to be covered. You know, it's just it requires incredible working together. Jokic, Porter, Grant, Bull Bull, Murray, that's an enormous five-man line, enormous if you could get creative defensively and say, why not try to put this in? Let's just see if it works, because if we can all get on the same page on that end of the court, you, you become a team that no team can game plan for, because it's just so different from everything else everybody's doing, and there's so much length. I Watching this Miami team, I, I believe it more every time I see the Heat perfectly execute a rotation inside of that zone. And to Wynn's point, when you start looking at what's there to gain, what's there to lose? Well, there are some games in January to lose, I suppose. Sure. To the Clevelands and the Atlantas. Um, but I do think you're at this point where it doesn't matter, where Denver's probably going to be a top four seed anyway and have bigger fish to fry. I really don't think you want to get to the postseason like they did this year and reach into your bag and say, okay, let's try this. I, right. I think you want to know exactly yeah. how that tool works and that it's refined. Um the upside on defense, you have a new wrinkle. And then on offense, you are unguardable. I mean, like, if you really are, even if you're being realistic about the best case, like, if Bull comes in, he's playable. He, you know, he really is some sort of a threat on offense. You cannot match up with this team. And, like, that's yeah. not like a, a pipe dream. That's something that's on the table with him in the pipeline. So I think you make, 
I think 1A regular season is about getting MPJ up to speed. I think 1B is about wrapping it up and saying, yeah, we definitely experimented with bowl and we have some ideas of different directions we can take this. Yeah. I'm so with you on the zone though, Adam. I'm so about the zone. Me too. It's the year of the zone. Yeah. Especially what we're probably about to see in these finals from the heat and just how they're going to approach defending the Lakers. We're probably going to see a lot of zone. And um, I don't know. I don't know why we haven't seen more zone just like in the NBA throughout regular seasons. It's so tough to play defense now that you've got to be creative. Like you've got to be creative in just how you approach the whole concept of defense. Um, with, yep, with I agree. The, the officiating and just with how yep. skilled these offensive players are. Um, so I'm all for it. Uh, I'm all for trying out the zone. Uh, I wouldn't be the one that tries to convince Michael Malone of that just <laughs> with his defensive principles. Um, but I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We talked about Wes Unsell. His name keeps getting connected. He's the defensive guru. His name keeps getting connected to some of these head coaching vacancies. You know, maybe he ends up on another team and there's an opportunity to bring in a new defensive coordinator. And maybe that's a priority for Tim Conley when, and Josh Kroenke when they meet and say, hey, we, we think the future of the league is different than what it is the present. And let's find a guy that can maybe help us to, to try this out. The, but the, the last thing with him, and this is what I was getting at with the production with Bull Bull, is He's so young, and like Michael Porter, he missed about a whole year, calendar year of basketball. I just think his development mental curve can be incredible. There's certain things he can't Mm -hmm. get better at. His strength, he'll get better at it, but he's always going to be pushed around. But how much better can his handle get? How much better of a passer can he get? Just how much how much can he improve? I, I would not be surprised if Bull Bull started out the year as a guy playing a few minutes, gets works into the rotation to where he's a fixture, a 15-minute-per-game fixture, and by the end of the year, people are questioning, is he one of the four best players on this team? Like, he's just so talented that he knows how to do so many different things. It's at least – you always call it the brightest timeline. The pr- pr- brightest timeline is always on the table, and uh, that would be a part of it. His – his he is at a point where we can dream about his curve being that high because he's that talented and if he does just somehow figure it out the nuggets are going to be silly fun and silly good he is so incredibly raw too he's so raw like he didn't even practice with the nuggets this season until they got to the bubble (laughs) the first time he practiced (laughs) with the nuggets was in the bubble like he did not practice with the team during the regular season he was Going back and forth from the G League, when he was in Denver, coming off a G League stint, he didn't even really practice that much. And um, I was pretty blown away, actually, by just how kind of – just how he fit in in the seeding games. Like, it didn't look like he was super out of place, you know, for a guy who really only had eight, nine G League games under his belt. And um, everybody was – Like, over the last year plus. This means something to me, too, that Will Barton – believed in him, right? Bull Bull's different. Buy your stock now. Mason Plumley, Nikola Jogic, Michael Malone. Michael Malone loves him. Like the way Michael Malone talks about Michael Porter versus Bull Bull is interesting to me. So the fact that, and look, I think Michael Malone loves Porter too. I just think he gives him an ulcer. But Bull, the, the fact that so many people were believers in Bull Bull's talent just makes me think like, man, behind the scenes, he must have really impressed. And that makes me optimistic. I also, I will say this. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver largely stood pat this offseason. And I know that might people might groan when they hear that, but 
again, they know more than we do about what's going on behind the scenes and the brightest timeline of their own players. Maybe they're biased towards that as well. I think I think that's probably the case, but there is a chance that they've been watching behind the scenes and they go, you know what, Michael Porter looks like the best player on the team in pickup. We just got to get him to be an NBA player now, not a pickup player. Old Bowl looks like he might be this incredible can't miss guy. Would rather bank on that happening. We know that a lot of things have to go right, but rather bank on that than try to bring in a Drew Holiday or these other guys that still don't make us title favorites. They just make us, you know, oh, that's a dangerous team. Maybe they look at it and say, everything has a risk and we'd rather risk those guys panning out because when we see them behind the curtain, they look like they pan out. That's the dynasty timeline, right? That's the dynasty timeline. Yeah, there's assets to punch this in now, but MPJ and Bull hit long-term. You're saying we're we're a real problem for four or five years. And also, whenever Tim Conley or Mike Malone has kind of talked about this team and how they've built this team, they've always talked about setting it up so they have a contention window for as long as possible. So that that would be, uh, you know, on the continuity side of things, of course. Well, this was fun. This was a behemoth, guys. A lot of great questions, but it was a fun way. We talked about, I think, everything that there is to talk about about the current state of the Denver Nuggets, which is great. Um, This was a lot of fun. Everybody, go into your weekend. Be safe. Have a good time. Uh, We will be back again on Monday and with a new schedule, the NBA show coming back next week. We'll start getting into a more consistent format. Um, But for now, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week.